Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about staying balanced over the holidays. But first, since I feel like it has been forever, Nicole, let's do some catching up. What is new with you? Uh, it's a good time of year, Gina. It's, you know, football. Oh my gosh. The Illini three game winning streak. First time since 01. Let's not talk about it. We do play Michigan state later today. It's Saturday morning. Um, we are a predicted loser by 14 points. So we'll see how we do there. Um, but we also, didn't you guys already play Michigan state? No, we played Michigan. Wait, what was the reason? I thought, okay, we had oh, Michigan Wisconsin State Wisconsin is the that one. That was Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, That's the game right. you were mad about because you were like, great, yes. my tickets are worth nothing. Um, <laughs> so. We didn't sell them. I was so angry. Oh, <laughs> bummer. It was bad weather. That's probably why. Yeah, well, that was an awesome win. It was... So anyway, we've been we've been enjoying the wins since that time. Uh, basketball has also kicked off, so... That's fun. It's it's a good time of year to be a college sports fan because if you love football and basketball, you've got lots of options to watch sports through the week. Um, and then in other kind of unrelated news, uh, I have a couple hockey tournaments coming up this winter, and I it seems as though fall it, we just like jump to winter, and I'm struggling with that a little bit. I was realizing yesterday as I was driving and freezing. I was like, this is why people have heated steering wheels. I just, I feel like the cold in my bones. I I, I feel old. (laughs) I don't know. It's the, the cold just seems to be getting to me more than usual. I'm like thinking layers and hats. And I just never used to think about that kind of stuff. Like I was the person who went in a hoodie year round, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's funny too, because I feel like you're with me in that I'm always hot. Yes. I mean, we yes. went, we stayed in a, an Airbnb at Fancy and I walked in before Nicole got there. She got there probably four hours later and I was like, oh my gosh, it is so hot in here. And then I'm like, you know, let's, maybe I'm just, you know, overreacting because I'm always hot. And then you walked in and you were like, holy crap, it is so hot. And I'm like, okay, I knew I wasn't going crazy. But anyway, I, Nick is, is, gets so angry with me because upstairs it's, it is kind of like a an ice box up here and our, we, we, our room is upstairs. I love it like this. And he can't put enough layers on. Oh, um, that is but I do agree with you. I, I, we had a rental car not too long ago and we had heated seats and I don't have heated seats in my car uh-huh. and I, I kind of loved it. So it is, but I nice. never heard of a, a heated steering wheel. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah. So my brother just got a new truck and it has air conditioned seats. Oh my gosh. I know. That's <laughs> That's so, that's very fancy. Um, That is fancy. Yeah. So I've got these hockey tournaments coming up this winter and I guess that's just giving me something to look forward to. And I just posted on Facebook that this this is a little bit of a just rant, but um, when I was growing up, you know, playing with guys was, I mean, they all hated me, right? Like I was the girl who was on their team and it was Mm -hmm. 22 years ago. That was not appreciated. Let's put it that way. And now there's all these, you know, women's, you know, girls teams popping up all over the place. And I told my mom, I I just, the guys I play with now are just 
it's taken this long, but it, I just feel like there's some, they're just awesome guys and they are asking me to play on their teams for these tournaments. And I'm like thinking I'm going to hold them back, which is probably true, but they seem to be okay with it. So I'm just really That's flattered great. about that. I know. So I actually have back to back. Okay. This, okay. One more thing. So one of them is a game at the United Center and which is where the Blackhawks play for anyone who doesn't know in Chicago. And so we get okay. to play like a friendly game and the proceeds go for diabetes research awesome and yes. then they have pizza there for us and then we get to stay for the the hawks game that night and we get a plus oh. one so i'm oh, not sure wow. i know isn't that cool? so there's a bunch of people from our little town going and it just sounds like a blast so that's the weekend after things christmas sorry and then the weekend after that is like a full weekend tournament oh it's gonna be a lot of hockey coming up um yeah that's awesome. Completely unrelated. We're going to Cancun later this month, and I am very excited. A girl I po- I follow on Instagram just got back from the resort we're going to. Yeah. And her picture, we've been before, uh, but the, her pictures just made me crave it all the more. So, yeah, I'm like shivering. Mm. And my house is like 62 degrees, and I'm thinking about laying on the beach. It sounds amazing. Uh, uh, I think everyone's thinking about laying on a beach. Uh, You're know. actually going to be laying on a beach. So, yeah, that's great. I asked Mark the other day, I'm like, why are we going? He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to. And I was like, great. I, I wasn't asking for an explanation that, I mean, that's good enough for me. So let's go. Why are we going to Mexico? Oh, uh, well, normally we just travel the first week. Uh, normally we travel when the kids don't have school. Um, cause that just makes okay. sense. And they don't mm-hmm. for those couple of days, but it's, it's an odd time for us to be traveling for sure. Mm-hmm. So well, anyway, enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I was like, I haven't talked to Gina in a long time. I'm going to say, what's up G tell me what's new. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm one of Nick's friends always says that to me. What's up, G? I love it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm still waking up. Clearly, I have my morning voice. My coffee's no, still it's going. No, it's not terrible today, Nicole. I have to say, <laughs> you don't sound as raspy as normal on Saturday mornings. <laughs> I, okay. Know. What's up, G? <laughs> Let me tell you. So I've got so many things that are up. Three things, actually. First of all, this was not in the show notes, but I'm going to add this. We watched The Greatest Showman yesterday. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Uh, who's the guy that plays Wolverine? You are asking the wrong person. Okay. I can't even think of his name, who the main character is, but it was so good. It was it was basically a musical all about the Ringling Brothers. Is that who it was? Oh my gosh. I can't even think. I think it's the Ringling Brothers. Um but there was no brothers. There was just one. Oh my! I can't even think of of the of the main, who it was actually based on. It was a true story. Although we were actually reading the Wikipedia, and it was a little bit. It was definitely made into a movie for a reason. They 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 kind of um, edited edited the story a little bit as they typically do for movies. Uh, I think the real God. I can't even think of the name of the, of who the, the movie was based on. But the real guy was a little bit of a dick. Let's just say. And they made him seem a little bit nicer in the movie, but it was kind of a kid's movie. It was rated PG. So it makes sense that they would do that. Um, But when you read the Wikipedia and really learn about how this guy was, you're kind of like, eh, do I want to like this movie? But it was so good. The dancing was so good. The music was amazing. Paige and and Cameron were singing and dancing in the living room. It was great. And I'm really embarrassed. I can't even think of who the movie was based on, but it was about the circus um, Hmm. and kind of how the circus came to be. But it was really good. I would highly recommend it. All right, so just a real a little update on on labs. I know this is such a went went boring topic, but I just wanted to kind of let our listeners know because this is probably going to peep through in some of my in some some of our podcasts in the future. But I am going to have to really start watching my blood sugar because 
for those of you who don't know, I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with Cameron. And, you know, I don't know exactly what percentage of women actually get gestational diabetes, but typically the risk factors for gestational diabetes are being overweight and inactive. Although it can really happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having a history of gestational diabetes. I did not have it with, with Paige, but I did actually fail that first one hour glucose test. Uh, so I, and then I passed the four hour glucose test, but then with Cameron, I failed the first one and then also failed the second one. But anyway, long story short, I've been watching my hemoglobin numbers after having Cameron right after having him. It was about 4.9, which I was actually really kind of shocked about. So uh, hemoglobin A1C, not hemoglobin. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Woo, I was like, A1C. Gina, at hemoglobin of 4. whatever, you would not be feeling well. Okay. <laughs> yes. So for those of you who don't know, I should probably explain. So a hemoglobin A1C, thank you is basically an average of what your blood sugar was for the last three months. So, and and I would go into detail about it, but I'm not going to bore anyone here. But basically the number kind of shows you how you've been doing over the last three months as far as your blood sugar is concerned. It's mostly going to be important for someone who has diabetes. I'm sure you look at those numbers all the time to see how well your, your patients, your clients are doing with mm-hmm. their, you know, adhering to their diet and lifestyle. So mine has creeped up to 5.6. And to put that into perspective, that's an average of about 114 blood sugar um, throughout the day. And as a non-diabetic, it's supposed to be what, below 100? Uh, Not as an average, no. There's a range for sure. Okay. But an average blood sugar would be, I mean, technically that is an average blood sugar. It's it's trending up. I think that's the concern. The pre-diabetic well, yeah, and- level starts at five point eight to six point four for hemoglobin A one C, but and and yours falls below that. But I think what you're saying is it's trending up. Yeah, and I believe that pre-diabetes is five point eight. Am I wrong? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm five point six. So anyway, long story short, I am definitely going to be watching. I, I looked back at kind of what changes I made to my diet the last three months, and since I was focusing a lot on my cholesterol, because my cholesterol numbers were high. I think I probably ate more foods that maybe I, I aren't necessarily good for my blood sugar because I was focusing so much on my fat. Oh, I don't know. This is, I need a dietitian, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually started taking a magnesium because I think you mentioned that that's yeah. good for blood sugar, which I, I did know that, uh, but I'm taking one daily. I usually just- How much are you taking? PMSing. Just curious. 500 milligrams. Oh, dang. You're hitting is it. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Yeah. 300 is probably. 300 okay. is <laughs> quite a bit too. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay, I, Gina. I would, all right. So far, so good. We'll look up the um, upper limit for magnesium. Is there right. an upper limit or a toxicity level? Anyway. There probably is. Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I don't think you're close to it. It's okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I've been make some, making some dietary choices. I'm happy to talk about that in another podcast. I think we should do a podcast on prediabetes because I think it affects a lot of people. Uh, and it's only increasing in numbers as I feel like um, the years go by. So yeah, I, I'm definitely, I do have it in my family. So it's not too shocking, but it's really not anyone, any of my first degree relatives. So that does make it a little bit concerning. I was thinking about seeing an endocrinologist, but my doctor, uh, decided not to make a recommendation or a referral for me, I might have to ask for it if it doesn't start going down. Anyway, by the way, it's Hugh Jackman who was in The Greatest Showman. Oh. He was the, the, the lead. He, was, he doesn't really do anything for me, but he was great in this movie. 
Uh, just looking, it look, this is not the most credible source just at a glance, but 350 yeah. for magnesium was, is what I'm seeing. Okay, so maybe I'm maybe taking 350. Four. Maybe it's 250. Now that you say that, maybe it's not 500, it's 250. Okay. I've never seen a supplement that high. So for magnesium. I'm sorry. I think it is 250. Okay. I'm, I'm picturing it now. <laughs> I just Ignore want you safe, me. Gina. It's not 500. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's 250. Okay, moving on. Speaking of wellness. Uh, so I've been together with Nick for, we started dating in 2006. He has never um, had a, a, an exercise workout routine that has been consistent since the day I met him. He will kind of wax and wane when it comes to getting on the spinner or going out for walks or- the spinner, here we go. I know, the spin bike, <laughs> the spinner, shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, I will All my people in Seattle are cracking up right now. I'm sorry, I go ahead. I will always call it a spinner. So he has, in the last month, been pretty consistent about waking up early and getting on the bike and or going out for a jog of maybe a, a mile. But he decided to sign up for the turkey trot, which for I think in some cities, the turkey trot is a 5K. But here in Columbus, the turkey trot is a five miler. Ooh. 5K is 3.2 miles. This is a five mile race. 3.1. Yes. But yes. Is it 3.1? Oh, I mm-hmm. thought it was 3.2. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> So, so he has not run more than two miles, I think, ever in his life, except for maybe in college when he was a wrestler. So I'm just, I'm a little bit nervous for him. He, we're actually supposed to go for a run as a family today. I'm going to try to aim for four miles, but he ran, I think maybe a little over two miles the other day and was sore for about a week. (laughs) So everyone pray for him. (laughs) Go Nick. That's awesome though. Yeah. we'll, We'll see how he does. Well, that's all the catching up I have. Oh my do we, goodness. Do we dive into our topic? Well, before we do, just want to let yeah. everyone know we're doing a, a holiday giveaway. So this is oh, yeah. some <laughs> swag that I picked picked up from Fancy, which is the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo that Gina and I referenced. Uh, we attended last month, I guess, already. Uh, but we're going to give away a swag bag of samples. And so in order to be entered, you need to write us a review. Need to. We would love for you to write us a review on iTunes. We want your honest feedback, of course. So say whatever you want, rate us however you'd like, and you will still be entered. And if you've already reviewed us, uh, you've already been entered. And we will announce the winner on our next episode. So just to give you an idea of what might be in that bag, we've got Cody Kodiak cake flapjacks, probiotics. Uh, there's a book all about the gut microbiome and about anything and everything in between. So it's a, a whole bag of swag. And mm-hmm. so head on over mm-hmm. to iTunes and review us if you'd like to be entered. Awesome. Yeah. Exciting. Our first giveaway. I know. I remember getting so excited doing giveaways on my blog. I just thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> all right. So our topic today is wellness during the holidays or really staying balanced over the holidays. So we've heard it all before. The average person will gain a pound between mid-November and mid-January. And studies have shown if you're already overweight, you might gain more. But obviously, that's not what this podcast is about. It's really not about the number on the scale, but the idea that during the holidays, we sort of shift from our theoretically balanced, intuitive eating, active, and wellness-focused lifestyle to one that is more party, food, drink, and curled up in bed focused. Mm, So fun. (laughs) What's wrong with that? (laughs) Really nothing. But in the short term, that's fine. Uh, But for a three-month period from year to year, that can add up to bad habits and poor health outcomes, especially when you have a chronic condition such as diabetes or heart disease, which about 55% of Americans have. 
I'm, sh- I'm sorry, American adults. I should probably preface it by saying adults. Uh, if you really think about it, winter is the time we should be most balanced with our eating, our activity, and our emotional wellness. It's flu season. We're inside a lot and around people more often and in closer quarters. We get less sun overall. We, um, But yet, late fall through winter is exactly when we tend to sort of put our health and wellness on hold. Um, not everyone, but I think it, it tends to happen more often than not. So what's a person to do? It's best to approach the holidays as a joyous time when you know you will probably eat more than usual, have a bit more sugar than usual, spend less time outdoors being active, and possibly even be a bit more stressed as you plan parties and what to wrap for your kids and family. Oh, Lord knows I've already been thinking about that. Um, you, so, but the key is not to have that all or nothing mentality. So. Um, you need to know that you can have your holiday party cake and eat it too, but that doesn't mean a three-month binge fest. You can be less active, but that doesn't mean being completely sedentary. You can get overwhelmed that your husband's entire family is coming over for Christmas, but that doesn't mean losing your cool and giving up on holiday fun. Learn some strategies for staying balanced over the holidays so you can ease your way into the new year. Looking back and knowing you went through the holidays, not with deprivation, but not with gluttony, but with balance, food, freedom, and the same type of holiday fun you had as a kid. That was my little introduction. Now we're going to dive into some discussion points. So for you, Nicole, what do you do to relax over the holidays and specifically incorporate some wellness into your daily routine, specifically intellectual, emotional, and social wellness? Uh, a lot. I think just as you said, it's not shelving everything that you do the other nine months out of the year. So for me, that's staying engaged with my book club and the sports that I enjoy, the workouts that I enjoy. Uh, yeah. So it, it could be as simple as enjoying a book by the fire, getting creative with YouTube workouts. And Gina and I in, I mean, we are <laughs> Perfect examples of this, mostly you. Uh, it, when we were at Fancy one morning, Gina's like, "Let's let's do a YouTube workout." I'm like, "Where?" And this is the day after I walked bleeding blisters into the back of my heels, of course. And I'm yeah. like, "Gina, I cannot put on shoes." She's like, "That's cool. Let's work out in the closet." So we literally <laughs> <laughs> popped up an iPad on an ironing board in this giant closet. It was a huge closet, it and we did like a 45 minute workout, and I was mm-hmm. sore after that. I, it, yeah, it, it made good. me realize that I need to do more cross training and and just resistance workout. But that type of thing and just searching YouTube, looking for a new workout to try is super relaxing to me. I love getting in the kitchen and trying new recipes. So I'll just hop on Pinterest and kind of scroll, find something that I have all the ingredients for already um, coming from a well-stocked kitchen here and then engaging the kids in the process. And of course, for me, that usually ends up food styling and photographing new recipes and then posting about it on my blog. So to me, that is very, I don't know what the word is, but it's part of my routine and it's definitely engaging me in an intellectual way uh, to just to keep up on that. But I think for me, the biggest thing is continuing being active indoors. Uh, I, I just, that's something I think a lot of people that's accessible to everyone. I, I think most of our listeners probably have a computer or they are probably listening on a smartphone and could pull up a YouTube workout or something like that. And I think just trying something new to be active, I think that just 
keeping with those habits or trying even to start, uh, you know, some type of a challenge through this time of year can really help keep you grounded and focused on your wellness overall. Mm-hmm. What about you? I agree. Oh, gosh. I really love being in the kitchen over the holidays. And for me, I, I would say more so than normal because I think we've talked about it before on this podcast. I, I don't do a whole lot of cooking outside of the holidays. I don't, I mean, I obviously try to make one or two recipes a week. Um, so that's that's something. But over the holidays, I just really enjoy being in the kitchen and making our whole house smell like holiday. I make, there's two things I make every year, actually three things. One is that I have either my mother-in-law or my dad's husband, or my dad's husband, my dad's wife, Paula, make, uh, she did it last year. So that's why I say this, but usually it's D, my, my mother-in-law. She just makes cutout cookies and then the kids, um, Paige and Cameron, and then they'll have a friend. We'll just decorate them all with icing that I make, my buttercream icing, which I absolutely love. So that's fun. Uh, I also do pepperoni bread and like a vegetable stromboli, I guess you could call it, which I'm going to put a recipe for in our show notes, which I just, I, I probably make 20 loaves a year. Wow. Love it. We also make um, ice cream, like waffle cones with a waffle cone maker. I used to work at Grader's Ice Cream, which is based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. So I learned how to make a waffle cone. And now I just absolutely love making waffle cones and I'll dip it in chocolate and maybe put some peppermint, you know, crushed up peppermint on the outside. So I get really creative with that. And then of course, there's a lot, a lot of other types of cookies or Buckeyes that we'll make, but I just, it's just so relaxing for me, even though I know I don't necessarily love, and I'll talk about this in another question, keeping that kind of food in the house all the time, because I tend to mindlessly eat it, especially when I'm inside so much, but I do so like to make all that kind of food. Also reading, I I think I just from talking to you, and I, I love reading. I would say on average before having kids, I probably read five books a year, which I realize is not a whole lot. But for <laughs> me, that was always really good. Now I'm probably down to two. So I'm really working on that. Whenever I possibly can, rather than getting on my phone, I will pick up a book. And I did just get What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I realized I had actually already read one of her books, The Husband's Secret. Uh-huh. So when I went to get it, I saw that it was the, the author of The Husband's Secret, and that was really good. So And so far, I am loving this book. I just started it probably a week ago, and I'm already on page 100, which for me is, <laughs> is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So uh, reading for sure is something that I, that I will do more of over the winter and during the holidays. I'll try and post some. I'm sorry, but I will try and post some of, um, because my book club, I I try and read two a month, one for my book club and then one just, I I call it a palate cleanser. Uh, Just something like usually smut or, you know, something that I am glad I'm reading it on a Kindle so nobody's seeing the cover of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of those. Um, But I will post some in our show notes too, just to give people an idea. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Gina. No, it's fine. I was just going to say I always schedule me time, you know, once a month or so. And even if that means it's going to get a haircut, that's considered me time or going to get my nails done or going to get drinks with a friend. Uh, I try very hard to do that, especially over the holidays, just to get a breather. Mm -hmm. So moving on, let's talk about physical wellness. So staying active when it's cold and snowing out, snowy outside can be difficult, which by the way, I saw your Instagram post, all that snow that you already got. Oh my gosh. Okay, was it's that, not it's not 
it's like all gone. It's going to be 40 it guys. Is. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 okay. it was like, it really was just like a dusting. Maybe a half, not even a half an inch. All right. Looks to me to eating, I guess. <laughs> so what do you do to not only stay active, but to also get some fresh air and outside time? And how do you incorporate your kids? Well, everyone should just play ice hockey. That solves that. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think I learned last year that manual snow removal is a killer workout. And I know that sounds really bad, oh but you know, growing up, like my dad always dealt with it. And then you go to college and then, I mean, I haven't had to really deal with snow before, but that is a very high intensity exercise. So use proper body mechanics though, because otherwise you're, yeah, your lower back. You're will, such a nerd. <laughs> It's true. Use proper body mechanics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. It's, it is important. Use your and legs. You have a big people. driveway too. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, it. yes. It's bigger than, I would say it's average. Maybe it's not bigger than average. It's, it's about average. There are some people who have much smaller driveways. I learned this last year when Mark was wherever, China or something. And I didn't know how to start the most snowblower. And I was like, and we got dumped on. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> we're not leaving until this stuff gets out of here. Oh, and uh, I guess I could it's have relaxing. probably. Um, yeah, it's. I kind of love to shovel the driveway. I'm not going to lie. It, it's really good. It's a good workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's like kind of how I said earlier, dress in layers and prepare for the mm-hmm. cold. I think we don't want to get outside when it's nasty. I shouldn't say nasty out, but when it's cold out because we don't want to be cold. So prepare for that. Dress in layers, hats, gloves, all the cute stuff. Uh, and as I already said, get creative with home workouts. I didn't mean to spoiler alert our second question, but, um, you know, it's just some simple weights, uh, you know, a yoga mat. It, you do not need extensive stuff. I mean, the workout that we yeah. did in the closet <laughs> required <laughs> nothing. I mean, we used bath towels. Yeah. Just type in body weight workouts on YouTube and you'll find at least 50. Yeah. Um, And and then the other thing I think people don't think of is a lot of local schools have indoor tracks that are open to the public. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom Uh, lives right across from one, actually. And people do not utilize that at all. Um, Well, some some of them actually have some strict rules about when and when mm -hmm. you can use them. And they also don't allow dogs, which I think kind of impedes a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I do agree with you. Um, They are they are there not just for school the public can usually use them within certain hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think incorporating the kids is probably the harder part. We are fortunate enough to belong to a gym that has an indoor swimming pool. And for us, that's like a once a week Mm -hmm. thing uh, Mm -hmm. that the kids really enjoy. I enjoy it a whole lot less (laughs) somehow walking out of the gym with sopping wet hair when it's 10 degrees out is just not enjoyable. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, just sucking it up and doing it. But yeah, I, I do think getting... I mean, of course, there's sledding and things like that, but getting kids involved is harder. So I think the layers come into play there, too. So Shay just said the other day, we need buttons. And I was like, why? And she's like, snowmen. And I was like, "Okay, well, we could get her excited that way. So yeah. What about you guys? Well, they actually make snowmen kits, uh, just an FYI with buttons, which I, I almost feel like sort of. I don't know. It, it the part of the fun is going and actually finding things in your house that you can utilize to build this snowman. When you have a kit, kind of, I feel like half the fun is gone. But they do make kits with buttons and fake uh, carrot noses and hats and scarves. FYI. <laughs> um, so I really in the winter try. First of all, when I was growing up, I loved winter. I loved the snow. I loved everything about it. I don't know if it was because my birthday is in the winter that might have played a role. Or just because I love the holidays and I feel like I equate snow with the holidays. 
But I try really hard now that I have kids to kind of bring myself back to that time when I was a kid and act like a kid. I will get outside with my kids as much as humanly possible and build a snowman or pull them on a sleigh or have a snowball fight. I just try to act like a kid with them. I know they love it and they all year round want me to play, you know, hide and go seek or, you know, mommy, you be the monster, those types of games. And I always remind myself that even though I might not be into that kind of stuff anymore at all, I do remember being their age and wanting to find someone to play with to play those kind of games with me or my parents or asking my parents constantly to do that. So I'm trying to be that parent who actually, you know, will partake in those kind of fun games and activities with my kids, especially during the winter. So even if it snows a little bit, we'll get out on the on the sleigh, you know, sleighs. And I'll just pull them through the streets or in the backyard. There doesn't even have to be a hill or a lot of snow. They just love, you know, being pulled on a sleigh. It's a difference from being pushed in a stroller or getting on a bike. So that's a lot of fun. I always, whenever even there's a little bit of snow, we'll get out there on those sleds. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do continue to run in the winter. And when I say run, I'm talking maybe once a week. I, I love that we have one of those carriage. It's like a, it's a stroller, but you're, it's actually for the back of your bike. It can be a stroll. You kind of cross utilize it as a stroller or as a, like a carriage for the back of your bike. But when you take it off the bike, you can actually add a wheel to it and it turns into a stroller and both of my kids fit in it. And it has that cover and you can put a blanket in there. It's big enough so they can stay warm under there. So I'll go for a run with them in there. I probably do that once a week, even if it's cold. I don't even care what temperature it is. I'm like, you guys are bundling up. You're getting in this, you know, stroller thing. And we're going for a run or a walk. And they, they tend to really enjoy that. Sometimes even when it's snowing. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, and the pool. Like what you said, if you have a, an indoor pool that you can utilize over the winter, I highly recommend it. We are also fortunate enough to have a pool very close to us where we can go during the winter. And it's also really nice because there's tons of direct sunlight, not direct sunlight, but um, natural sunlight windows that come through. So it almost feels like you're outside. It'll even be snowing sometimes and we'll be swimming. And I'm telling you, there's giant, giant windows in this pool. It feels like you're outside swimming, uh, but it's warm. So I really, really love that. So you're not kind of, you're almost, I almost would argue that you're actually getting some sun um, (laughs) while you're swimming, which kind of makes it a little bit healthier, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't know if you can get, can you get vitamin D through windows? I feel like you can. Mm, that's a good question. Probably. I wouldn't think, I think there's can. probably not as much, but yeah, I yeah. would think so. There's probably yeah. nothing in the, I mean, it fades your carpet it's doing something, <laughs> yeah, right? That's true. Oh yeah. When I, when I drive a long distance and my left side will get, you know, burned sometimes. I actually carry mm-hmm. a stick of SPF in my car just to put on my left side for when I drive home and on my neck. So yeah. Look at you. Oh, I thought I of one other thing for being active yeah. is well, two things actually. One is just finding an ice rink, and I, I know, but really, kids love ice skating. Just doing like we're open going today. Skate. Are you really? Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah, I'm nervous. I let me know how Cam likes it because Piper he's hated not. it. Oh, he's oh, not. Okay, he's not gonna like. No, he no, he's going. He's not gonna like it. I already know. I'm not gonna oh. say anything like that. But I mean, it, it's hard. It's like getting on ski to yeah. skis for the first time. I mean, you it basically is. are wobbly and falling mm-hmm. for the first hour. 
probably for the first five times you go. I mean, it's not Well, easy. and rental skates are garbage. So mm, um, what yeah. about, I know when you guys were here, the weather was horrible and we went to the Children's Museum. Do you guys have anything like that in Columbus? We do, mm-hmm. but it's always jam packed in the winter. I almost, yeah. I almost want to avoid it like the plague because of that. We do Des- have a zoo. Desperate though. times though, you know? I know, I know. We it's try to get there as early as possible. Yeah, getting there early and yeah, just preparing for it. I know, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's also the zoo though. And most zoos stay open uh, year round. And that's mm-hmm. another good place because it's, it's large and um, there's lots of space for, you know, tons of people. Yeah. That's nice. All right. So what are your top three or four ways to approach balance with regards to food over the holidays? I know it sounds super lame, but the plate method, uh, which is really focusing on half your plate as non-starchy vegetables for holiday gatherings. I mean, this really applies, I always say to my patients, you know, anytime where you're not, there's a bounty of options, try and start there. If you can get half your plate filled with non-starchy vegetables, a quarter with some type of a protein and a quarter with some type of a a carby starch, something along those lines. That's a that's a that's a win right there. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of challenges this time of year, so prioritize what goes on your plate. Uh, making sure to work in your favorites for me, you know, bread rolls, that type of thing is not of interest at all. I that's an easy pass. You know, that's going to depend on the person, of course. Appetizers mm-hmm. I can usually pass on, with the exception of what you're going to talk about later, and then that way I'm sure to fit in stuffing and and pie. Um, if you're hosting. And I'm for sure going to do this this year uh, if I host Christmas like I think I will, is buying some nice food storage containers, having them out and almost forcing the issue of people to take leftovers. Because if you just sit there and offer it, people are not going to do it. If you have out, you know, some cheapy but useful um, food storage containers with people's names, you I, I would just say, all right, dinner's over. Everybody get up like everybody make something to go type of a thing, you know, take whatever it is that you want um, and just send people with the leftovers. They will. Um, And avoid. And and I always make fun of my mom for this one. Avoid the it's only once a year mental game. And so my Mm -hmm. mom does this all the time. She'll say, well, we did this, but we only do it once in a while. I mean, it's quarter pounders, Papa, you name it. Uh, I can throw my mom under the bus because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Although I am going to teach her today how to listen. Uh, it's, But it's one of those things where we can get into the Thanksgiving's only once a year so I can have four pieces of pot, you know, whatever it is. I don't think anybody is going to look back on Thanksgiving of 2019 and say, oh, I wish I would have eaten six pieces of pie that week instead of one or two, you know, or I wish I would have had a bigger, nobody's going to look back on the holidays and think about that time of thing. Mm -hmm. So just put it in perspective. Um, The only once a year mental game is not helpful. Uh, Bring a dish that's something you know that will offer a nutritious option for you and others. I spoke at a diabetes uh, support group this week and most of the attendees are type one diabetics. So these are people who are often on insulin pumps, taking insulin, you know, have to take insulin. Uh, This is something they live with day in and day out. And so many of them were talking about how their family members are not sensitive to this. So it's a good time of year to consider the health goals of others as well. And I think sometimes people would really appreciate uh, having a healthier something around. 
try and expose people you know and love to new foods uh, and experience those new foods and recipes together, trying to create some type of a culture of healthfulness so that you can really kind of keep that ball rolling through the year and, you know, grow a trend. Um, sometimes it's both expected and enjoyed that, um, you know, piece, like for me, at least I'm a dietitian. People expect me to bring something uh, pretty wholesome and that usually works out pretty well. But yeah. what about you? All right. I'm going to put this into perspective for everyone. So our holiday time, I would say goes through Halloween through Valen. I'm sorry, through Cameron's birthday. So we've got Halloween followed by Thanksgiving, followed by Christmas, followed by New Year's Eve. Then Nick's birthday, my birthday, Valentine's Day, Cameron's birthday. And that ends February 20th. So back to back to back, you know, food, celebration, activities. Yeah, it's a lot. So this next, you know, three months, it tends to be just a time, like I said before, of food, craziness, parties abound. And kind of like what you said, it's like the only, the, it's only once a year mentality. Well, e- even if you're not our family that and it goes through Valentine's Day, if you are using that mentality from Halloween through New Year's Eve, uh, that can really add up to, I don't want to say weight. I don't think that really is, is the important thing here. It's just bad, bad habits. Uh, that's three months of, you know, indulging and or doing, you know, being less active, like what we said. And that can just really add up to, again, not, not some great habits, which I think kind of goes back to why we all start the new year with these, you know, miraculous new year's resolutions, because we think, oh, I really fell off the wagon this last three months. But the idea is to kind of stay even keel throughout that time. So I always say, treat the holiday as a holiday, but not the surrounding days. So I will obviously go to town on Thanksgiving and I will not um, skimp on anything. And, but like what you said, I'm not going to, obviously we'll always have leftovers and that's completely fine, but I'm not going to treat all the surrounding days as Thanksgiving or as Christmas where I, you know, kind of ate ad lib. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a real important piece that I always tell anyone that I'm working with, you know, it is totally fine to do what you want on Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever, whatever you celebrate. And, but then just those in-between days, just try to get back to your balanced, intuitive eating lifestyle. I'm so mad. I, there was this post, it was the intuitive eaters holiday bill of rights, which we'll have to post on the uh, show notes. I was going to read it here, but I completely forgot to even look that up. So we'll put it on our show notes, but it was, did you see it? The intuitive eaters holiday bill of rights? No, but at the, at the support group this week, we did, um, I had a sheet that it it had like a statement on there more or less about really being mindful through the holidays and setting some type of a goal for, and, and it had like a signature and everything. Anyway, you know, it was smart goal. Um, type of development stuff. But a lot of the verbiage in there, I think, was probably very similar to the Intuitive Eaters Holiday Bill of Rights. Yeah. So I I did actually find it. It says, you have the right to savor your meal without cajoling or judgment, without discussion of calories eaten or the amount of exercise needed to burn off those calories. You have the right to enjoy second servings without apology. You have the right to honor your fullness, even if that means saying no thank you 
to a dessert or a second helping of food. Uh, it is not your responsibility to make someone happy by overeating, even if it took hours to prepare a specialty holiday dish. I think that's a really important one. You have a right to say no thank you without ex explanation when offered more food. You have the right to stick to your original answer of no, even if you are asked multiple times. Just calmly and politely repeat no, thank you, really. You have a right to eat pumpkin pie for breakfast. I love that. <laughs> and I think that was actually the last one. Yeah. So you have the right to eat pumpkin pie for breakfast. I think that's a, that's a great way to end it. So just going back to what we sort of said, it is okay. You're, you're going to overeat over the holidays. It's, it, I think it's perfectly acceptable. Just making sure that you still include some balance in there and bring back that intuitive eating and intuitive, intuitive lifestyle um, to the center as much as possible throughout those next three or for us four months. Uh, was there anything else I was going to say? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know what you think about this, but it sounds like you might agree with me on here on this one. When we are given, you know, a plate of cookies or a bag of, you know, candy, I try really hard to get rid of it as fast as possible. Not that I will throw it away, but I'll bring it to work or I'll put it out for, you know, guests that are coming rather than keeping it in our house for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Not that it would last very long. I don't like to have cookies and candy around for very long because I just know that I and, and Nick, we have a tendency to just go to the refrigerator and munch on these foods. And now, of course, me with my new goals as far as lowering my A1 hemoglobin, A1C, um, I feel like keeping those kinds of foods to a minimum is going to be more important for me mm -hmm. during this holiday season. So what do you do when you get a giant plate of cookies? I'm usually the uh, the producer of those said cookies, <laughs> not the receiver. Um, okay. I've earned myself quite the reputation of going to great. Yeah, I, I do a lot of baking at the holidays. And I was thinking this yeah. year, I really... We're not going to have quite the holidays that we have in the past. And so I'm going to scale it back quite a bit. Um, but for me, what is helpful is putting them in tins. So I guess this doesn't answer your question, but putting them in mm -hmm. tins labeled with where they're going. Um, so I'll do all my baking and then and I, I do it as close to the holidays as possible. One, because then it's not around, like you said, and two, it's fresher. So I'll do it really close to kind of D-Day and then distribute it all in my separate tins and then, yep, get rid of them. And I keep it mm -hmm. outside. So they are on my back porch, which is usually mm -hmm. has like a light dusting of like snow that came in the screen. But it's for me, if I have to open, unlock, open the back door, reach down and mm -hmm. open a tin that has a label on it of going to mm -hmm. Wendy's house or whatever it is, <laughs> I'm going to. I have a couple opportunities to just pump the brakes and say, mm, is this really what you want? But I agree with you. If it's around, uh, yep, it's it's probably not going to end well. Yeah. So yeah, getting rid yeah, of it. And, and don't get me wrong. I really do thoroughly enjoy getting a plate of well-decorated, delicious looking mm -hmm. cookies. And what I will typically do is, like I said, bring them to work or I will, you know, we'll each, maybe I'll take five of them off the tray and then I'll put the rest, like what you said, in the freezer down in the basement. So it's like out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be pleasantly surprised when I find them, you know, maybe a month later after the holidays are over and I can enjoy them with my family. So I like that. All right. So what are your suggestions for incorporating some plant-based holiday dishes that would be crowd pleasers? That's the key, making sure mm -hmm. that they're crowd pleasers. Because if your family is anything like mine, 
my extended family at least, they don't necessarily love to see vegetarian uh, <laughs> options. Although it doesn't necessarily have to mean bringing tof- tofurkey instead of tofu, but <laughs> how do you at least make it more flexitarian on your table? Uh, I love doing salads and not boring vegetable only salads. I took one to a Halloween party. So kind of kicking off the holiday season, uh, whenever Halloween was a couple of weeks ago. And it had in there blue cheese and honey crisp apple and dried cranberries. And well, I mean, it was amazing mm. with like this homemade balsamic maple vinaigrette. It was inhaled. There was just a little bit left. And for me, salad the next day, once it's dressed is a no-go, it's a texture thing. But this, um, this woman at from our daycare, she was like, well, don't don't toss it. Can can I take it home? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And so she just texted me yesterday that she she ate it all. Um, but that was awesome. But I think it's if you're going to bring vegetables as you should, but get creative with them. If you don't yeah. do something special with them, n- n- I'm not going to eat them. I think my dad is the only person I know who likes traditional like green bean casserole thinking like, you know, cream of whatever soup with the onion stuff on top. Is he the only no, one? No, he's not the only one, you know. I love that. Who doesn't love that? Me. Okay. So really? Gina, yes. <laughs> um, you will have to try this homemade version that uses fresh green beans, a cauliflower puree. You roast the green beans and the mushrooms oh. and the onions, and then you make this cauliflower puree with a little bit of Gruyere cheese and you put oh fresh bread cubes on top, but it's almost all vegetables. And okay, it you're is, putting that in the show notes. Yes, right? I, I have to okay. blog it like this weekend. Um, and I'm also going to add a Brussels sprout, uh, roasted Brussels sprout, roasted butternut squash dish with cranberries and pepitas. So I think it's ve- vegetables are not something that people, but you have to do something with them. You have to know how to prepare them that they are lust worthy. <laughs> um, putting just, you know, a bowl of iceberg lettuce with some out of season tomato slices on top is not going to get people jumping around for you know, enjoy like more and more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get creative. So what about you? You've got some good ideas here. Well, I work for a university where we use a lot of plant-based products. So uh, two of my favorites, I think would be the Daya cheese that melts really, really well and Daya yogurts. Although that's not really necessarily for recipes at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, but follow your heart also makes a delicious cheese. I think they also make sour cream and cream cheese. So if you're u- looking for a replacement in some of your, you know, traditional recipes that it's more plant-based. The Follow Your Heart and Daya brands are two of my favorites. If you're going to, you know, maybe have a cheese tray for someone that's coming who is lactose intolerant or has a dairy allergy or who is, you know, mm-hmm. vegan or vegetarian, a, a, a cheese tray with the Follow Your Heart cheese specifically would be, would be a fun little thing to put out there to let them know that you care. I also am a big fan of Morningstar I, I'm really trying to, as much as possible, even just in everyday, you know, food making, not necessarily make my my recipes for my family vegetarian or vegan, but to make them more plant-based than they were before by either adding more vegetables than the recipe calls for or different vegetables. Or for example, I'm making a slow cooker lasagna this weekend and I it calls for ground beef and sausage. So Instead of I'm trying to really reduce our um, our processed meat consumption because the World Health Organization now says that processed meat is actually linked to cancer, specifically, I believe, colorectal cancer, which is in my family. So I am really taking note of that. Instead of sausage, I went out and I bought the Morningstar chorizo, which is I've had before. It's delicious. So I'm going to put that in there with the ground beef uh, and the lasagna. 
It'll probably have a little bit different taste because it's not supposed to be spicy, but obviously chorizo is a little bit spicy. So it might be um, a little bit different than a traditional tasting lasagna. I'll let you know how it goes. So just adding more vegetables or veggie replacements, or I'm sorry, protein meat replacements into a traditional dish, I think is, is something that I like to do. And I typically suggest to people that I'm working with. Another good product is the Just products. You're probably familiar with the Just Mayo, which is a plant-based mayonnaise. They also have a Just eggs. They've got egg patties and scrambled like liquid eggs, which I've used before. And I'm a big egg fan, so it's really hard for me to say that I love the product. But if you use it in a recipe, I would, I would venture to say that you couldn't even tell the difference. So it's one thing if you're making an omelet with this product. You're not going to be like, oh, it tastes just like a, re- a real egg because it does not. But if you're using it as a replacement for egg product in a dish, I would say it's it's where it's at. And I put the link to that to those products in our show notes. I also, when it comes to replacing milk, cow's milk in products, there are only certain uh, plant-based milks or uh, milk alternatives that I would recommend. Like for example, I would never use almond milk. It's way too watery. Uh, and obviously just make sure that you don't buy the flavored milks because a lot of them are flavored now, typically with vanilla. I think I did that once. I don't remember what I was making. Maybe it was a soup or something and it called for milk and I used like soy milk instead. And I accidentally bought the vanilla, which wasn't terrible in soup. I think it might've been like a butter butternut squash soup. It actually probably tasted a little bit better with the vanilla, but there are certain applications where the vanilla would have been really off-putting and just not right. So make sure you're getting the original. But my suggestion is to either buy the hemp or soy milks when it comes to uh, replacing the cow's milk with a dairy alternative. You know, coconut milk is not going to be a good choice. Almond milk is not going to be a good choice. Uh, let's see. Always look for the in-season produce. Some uh, produce that I'm a fan of and I bring into the house a lot with my kids would be squash oranges. I know that that sounds so simple, but I would ask anyone who's listening right now to tell me when the last time they had an orange was. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy. I had not had an orange in a really long time. And uh, last winter, I remember eating one thinking, oh my gosh, why have I waited so long to eat an orange? Mm -hmm. I think they taste better in the winter because they're Mm -hmm. more in season in the winter. And they're just so good. Have your kids ever had pomegranate? My guess is that they have. Oh, all the time. They love them. They wanted them the other day when they were $4 each. And I was like, hell no, chitlins. (laughs) That is not going to happen. Soon they will be much cheaper. Yeah. I I would definitely ask anyone who's listening to uh, get it, buy some pomegranates. You know, what you do is you cut them into fourths or even half and dunk them in a thing of water, like a hot bucket of water and take the aerial out that way. So it doesn't splatter juices everywhere and look like a murder scene because I've done that before too. So do it underwater and offer them to your children. You don't even have to make um, a a big deal about it. Just kind of add them to some yogurt or just give it to them on the side. My kids love pomegranate. And I will be honest, the first time I gave it to them, I thought they're going to hate these. Why am I even wasting my time? Give it to them, offer it to them. They may hate it. You never know. But I would say keep offering it because my kids now absolutely love pomegranate. And they're so versatile. There's so many recipes out there with pomegranate. Mm-hmm. What's another one? Brussels sprouts. Oh, you can never go wrong with Brussels sprouts. And they're in season now. Yeah. What I, I think I put in the show notes a recipe for a pear because that's another in-season produce. Pear and pomegranate salsa. 
My kids mm. will eat that with the blue corn tortilla chips that are nice and thick and crunchy. Yeah, that's a, that that's sounds a really holiday. good. I haven't had yeah. breakfast yet. I want that for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, right. And pomegranates are so beautiful. You can almost just put them on your on the, in the at the center of your table as a like a centerpiece. They're just so pretty. They're pretty from the outside, and then also the aerials are so so you know gorgeous. You can add them to any dish, and I feel like add an extra flair of holiday beauty to mm-hmm. the the dish. Yeah. All right. So, what are your suggestions for incorporating? Oh, I just asked this. What are your favorite holiday swaps or better for you holiday snacks and meals? I don't have a ton here because um, I, I I do think just kind of focusing on the day and well holiday, you know, but you know not trying to healthy everything up, but focusing more on intuitive eating. But things that mm-hmm. I definitely think are good swaps. Mm-hmm. I love crustless pumpkin pie. I already talked about that on the uh, Halloween candy and. Uh, seasonal brew taste test, but I will uh, also link that in the show notes. Love that recipe. I love using dips with a Greek yogurt base. So something like a, mm-hmm. a oh, what about like an onion dip that uses Greek yogurt. I mean, it more or less is onion and Greek yogurt and it tastes amazing. Like you, there's no going wrong. So if you can find yeah. something healthy-ish uh, or balance chips and vegetables to dip into that, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And I, even though turkey is probably the one thing I can pass on pretty easily, um, I shouldn't say the one thing, but one of the things I can pass on pretty easily at at the Thanksgiving table, at least, uh, it is lean and inexpensive. So using that in leftovers for, you know, the week or weeks to come is a great idea. So think soups or enchiladas, chili, uh, doing some type of a panini with uh, maybe a cranberry something. So good. And then always kale or Brussels sprouts. I think kale is also in season right now, but even swapping those for mm-hmm. like lettuces and things, you know, just something that you may have pretty regularly throughout the rest of the year, just trying yeah. a different base for your salads that may offer even more iron. Um, those are all just some simple ideas for swaps, but what about you? Thank you for the reminder. I'm actually going to the store today today to get some lettuce for I'm making BLTs for dinner tonight. I think I might get kale instead. Mm. Yeah, Try like out. dino not? kale would be really a curly yes. kale to me. Raw it has to be pretty Good finely idea. chopped, but the dino, the, like the bumpy kale, which is also called, is it called Italian kale? It might be. I don't know. I get all confused. I've heard dino. I've heard them both. I I, I think they might be different. Or lacinato. It's often called. Right mm. now, you're now mm. you're. I have no idea. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what are your swaps, Gina? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a big fan. I've mentioned this before on the gluten-free episode that we did, but I love the Bob's Red Mill oat flour. I swear I've used it in so many applications as far as baking, and it's never been an issue. So I swap, unless you're making cutout cookies, obviously that would not be a good uh, a good idea because the oat flour does have a little bit more protein, about one more gram, I believe, than the all-purpose flour, which does make a, a difference. So if you're making something as delicate as cutout cookies, do not do this. But any other cookie I've ever made, I'm telling you, oat flour, which is a whole grain and it's gluten-free for those who need to be gluten-free, is a, a good swap. I'm also a fan of the King Arthur white whole wheat flour. Also has a little bit more protein than the all-purpose flour, which might make a difference if you're using it for, let's say, cutout cookies. But um, I... I other applications I've used it in. It's, it's usually worked out really well, like granola bars or uh, chocolate chip cookies. What did I make the other day? Even like a pizza crust would be, would work well with that kind of flour, whole grain. 
and it's not bleached too, which I, which I really like. Let's see what else, you know, kind of like what I mentioned before, wherever I can swap a plant-based alternative uh, for one that is not plant-based, I will do that using Morningstar or Gardein or the Daya or Follow Your Heart products or using a plant-based milk uh, or milk alternative. I will do that as much as possible. And then I'm just going to mention a couple of my favorite recipes. Oh, I forgot to mention kumquats. (laughs) which I love to say kumquat. My kids don't love kumquats, but I absolutely love kumquats. And I'm determined to kind of get them to maybe start enjoying them because they are just so delicious and full of flavor and so easy to just pack into lunches and pack it into a little baggie for snacks. I, If you've never had one, they're like mini oranges, but you eat the entire thing, including the skin. I was trying to place it. I'm sitting here with my mouth open like kumquat, kumquat. I know I've had one before. They're... Uh, like a giant grape size, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can call it a very, very mini orange or mini mandarin or a giant grape. I really do like those too. Yeah. They're full of flavor. Sometimes you get seeds in them, which I know it's kind of a turnoff for me, but also my kids. But those are, those are great. And there's a lot of good recipes with kumquats in them too. Some of my favorite recipes though, over the winter slash holiday season, I love making stuffed acorn squash slow cooker chili, and I'll add butternut squash to that for some more vegetable. I just love to put oranges and pomegranates in the kids' lunch boxes. That's super simple. I make a butternut squash lasagna, which I'm going to put a link for in our show notes. Peppermint smoothies, which I will also put a link for in our show notes. Uh, Butternut squash cookies. I know that sounds crazy. Mm. And then my pepperoni bread and vegetable stromboli, which I call it, it's really vegetable bread. It's same thing as pepperoni bread. It's just with vegetables, but I, I feel like stromboli is what I should call it because I think it is stromboli. I don't know. It's a bread that you wrap. Um, you, you just buy the frozen loaves and you flatten it out into a big giant rectangle. You put cheese and seasonings and then cooked vegetables on it and you roll it up and then you bake it. So yum. Vegetable bread, basically delicious, which again, I will put the recipe in the show notes. I also love dates. They are also in season in the winter. I'll take the seed out, obviously, and then stuff them with chopped up pistachios mixed in honey. Or I did just post, I didn't just post it. I'm going to put it on our show notes. I believe I got this from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics um, magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's goat cheese and pomegranate. And if you like goat cheese, do you like goat cheese? I can't remember. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Nick hates it. So, which is unfortunate, but the recipe looks so delicious. So I can't wait to make that. It's basically just goat cheese in t- inside of a- You posted it on our story, gate. right? I did, but I can't link recipes on our story, which is unfortunate. So I put it in our show notes. In the- well, when we have 10,000 followers and Instagram allows that, we sure will. Eventually we'll be that cool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nicole, what are some of your favorite, what are your mom wins for the week? Last um, month. <laughs> real quick, I have two other recipes. The number one oh. most downloaded recipe, or downloaded viewed recipe on my blog is actually a stuffed yeah. acorn squash. I can't believe I forgot that. I will link that in the show notes too. Um, and okay, I also have make a- sure- Make sure that I didn't already link it because I think that's the one I pulled from the website. Okay, yeah. That's the one I was, I have it printed out. I'm going to make it soon because I've made several varieties. I think I just printed yours and I put that in our show notes. But okay. Anyway. So good. Um, Okay, mom wins. These aren't novel by any means, but I'm really into all these salads. Like right now, the 
individual ones. They're like $3. There's tons of different varieties. They have this honey mustard spinach one that is so good, but it's the perfect size. Um, unfortunately, it's a lot of like different little containers. The plastic waste is like, ugh. but um, I love that they're affordable where I work. So a lot of days I want like a salad to accompany whatever leftovers I've brought. And so I'm just, I'm really into those right now because it's a nice size just to add some vegetables at lunch. And then I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but they're worth mentioning again if I have. Uh, but Trader Joe's chicken pot stickers. Have you had them? Oh, no. Ugh. Dreamy. Dreamy. Okay. There, so the closest Trader Joe's for me is a little bit too far away for me to go on a regular basis. But there are some rumors lately in our town that we're getting one right here in the suburb where I work or where I live. And if that is the case, I am sorry, Giant Eagle. I'm sorry, Kroger. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Walmart, which is actually where I've been doing some of my shopping lately. But see, yeah, I will be at Trader Joe's on the regular. I know where you live and I know where Trader Joe's is. It is not that far. I have to drive it is, 40 to 50 miles to get to a Trader Joe's. Listen, the traffic on Sawmill Road on a Saturday, which is the only day I could go. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> Let's remember, I'm the person who has groceries delivered to her house. Girl, me too. And today I'm making chili. I'm going to have to still go to the grocery store. Even though I had groceries delivered last night, they were out of dried beans. There was not a dried bean in the store. And my oh. little ship shopper, she was so sweet. She was like, do I have a time before my next order? I can run to the other grocery store and you can just pay me a little bit more. And I was oh. like, I was like, I am not going to ask this woman to do this. I'm going to bundle up and go out in the morning. Um, tangent. But yes, it's I'm with you on grocery delivery. I, but that's good self-care, Gina, that you're not going to spend your Saturday in traffic. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. That would just make me, my blood boil. So no. <laughs> for me, to, a couple of new favorite products and or recipes. You mentioned this in our fancy episode, but the Key Lime LaCroix. Unfortunately, I have not been able to find it in any of our stores. I feel like I'm going to have to order it off of Amazon. Is it hard for you guys to find the Key Lime? Mm -mm. I can find the lime, but not the Key Lime. This sounds crazy, but also check uh, Big Lots. I think that's where oh. Marvelous found it. Big Lots. Okay. Never would have thought that. Another <laughs> thing that I've been really into is for anti-inflammatory purposes, I've been adding a half of a teaspoon of turmeric in the morning to a smoothie. Here's my recipe. And I, again, I'll put it in the show notes. A half a teaspoon of turmeric with a little bit of pepper because apparently that helps with the absorption, which I don't really understand the mechanism there, but just go with it. Also, you need to add some fat because the, I think it's curcumin, which is the active compound in turmeric that is supposed to have the anti-inflammatory properties is fat soluble. So make sure you add some fat. Here you go. You've got the turmeric, half a banana, a spoonful or a scoop, whatever you want to do of peanut butter or almond butter, which is what I've been doing more for the magnesium almond butter. Uh, a little bit of almond milk, crushed ice, and a scoop of plain Greek yogurt. So good. So good because turmeric is very powerful. It's got a very powerful taste and you would usually consume it in a savory dish. And this is definitely not a savory dish. It's very sweet, but it's delicious. And I've been doing it on an almost regular basis. So good. All right. You want to read our review that we got? I do. Um, so Tammy Z, she wrote, this mom loves this podcast. Love this podcast. Nicole and Gina are so knowledgeable and relatable all at the same time. It's perfect for moms looking to keep a healthy household. Thanks, ladies. Keep up the good work. So thanks, thanks Tammy. Tammy. Very nice. <laughs> all right. So coming up on November 24th, we'll be doing our third Q&A episode. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. 
Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets, such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds and you don't even have to write anything. Just fill out the stars and write a review to be entered in uh, to win our giveaway of a fancy grab bag. All right, until next time, Nicole, be well. Everyone, be well and happy holidays. You too, Gina. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.